even in today's woke society, there remains a stigma to being a psychosexual sadist. If you get sexual pleasure from causing intense pain to people you're incapable of feeling empathy for, you need a place to relax and mingle with like-minded people. Well, look no further than Only Sadists, the sadist-only S&M club. At Only Sadists, you can compare notes on how to humiliate, manipulate, and maim your sex slaves with other local sadists. Just make sure not to practice on other patrons. They're not into that. Come on down to Sadists Only. It's the S&M club without the M. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 theatrical releases always get priority but we also review older horror movies both good and horrible wow that didn't sound good hey and welcome to horror movie talk starring me bryce hansen uh, I hold a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day across from me <laughs> is the foremost expert in scare no nos. Hey guys, how's it going? Are you having a good day? I'm having a good day. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Today, um, in honor of Pride Month, we're going to review pretty unanimously the the most homoerotic. Horror movie? I did a poll on Facebook and just asked, like, what's the most homoerotic horror movie? And by a wide margin, people said Nightmar- Nightmare, on Elm- Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Nightmare on Elm Um Yeah, you know, but I've seen this question asked in horror-themed subreddits. I've th- seen this question asked all over the internet on documentaries. Um... Uh, this is my first viewing of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Okay. Uh, Freddy's Revenge. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I just recently got done watching all the other Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So you skipped over two to watch I the other ones. I specifically skipped over two because I knew we were probably, that was going to be the next movie we were mm-hmm. reviewing. And I, okay. didn't, I didn't want to view it twice. So I got to say, Bryce, I'm a little confused about... A few things. Uh-huh. Number one, it's not very gay. Okay. It's a little gay. It's a little gay. It's mm. not very gay. But also, the. De- I feel like the gay community wants to be represented in horror, which is something I can kind of understand, but also don't really understand. Because and if you're represented in horror, it just means you're going to be mutilated and killed horribly. Or possessed by Freddy Krueger, hmm. which just, just all seems very undesirable to me. Like, it's it's like, I don't want that for the gay community is mm. what I'm saying. I don't, I don't want y'all to be murdered because you're right. an important part of my community. You make my neighborhood nice. Well, the solution to that is to make the, the uh, LGBTQIA plus Whoa. representation Whoa. be the murderer. Be Seth, the murderer. You have to have a gay villain. 
like a gay Michael Myers. Well, that that villainizes the gays. Well, it doesn't victimize them, does it? Yeah, I mean, this is the, this is the troubling part about being featured in a horror movie. You're either the villain or the victim. Mm. Well, in this case, um, he was the final girl, can't, so that that works out. Can't we just stick to pretty girls? Just kill them. Everybody can agree on that for okay. some reason. Okay, cisgendered white David. I take that. I take it. Um, so, before we get into the review, we want to point you to our fantastic community. Like, some of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the horror community. At our Facebook group. So, go to facebook.com slash group. <laughs> groups? Is it group or groups? I don't know. You- Just go to facebook.com slash horror movie talk pod is our page. And then you can find a link to our group. Join there and... and um, chat with all of us uh you'll find links to everything on our website horrormovietalk.com to all of our other social media we're on everything we post new episodes every wednesday please do me a favor if you haven't leave us a review and a rating on apple Podcasts if you can do, do our, our egos have taken a, a hit recently we've gotten a couple bad reviews and well i'm not saying that they're wrong uh, my ego requires that i see some good reviews from people that like us. Lots of people being like, Ew, David. Ew, no, David. Oh my God, ew, David. David, you're a dick, David. Yeah, I mean, they're real cruel. There can be like 300 <laughs> five-star reviews, but those 30, you know, less than five-star reviews are like, I'm shit. Uh, I'm utter shit. <laughs> my uterus. Uh. Um... Call us, leave us a voicemail at 682-253-4468, and if you want to leave us sounds of bodily fluids exchange, our number is 252-228-4628. I guess we got to call that because I got to figure out what, what David's plans for that number even are. It's retarded. It's just... it's Retired? Yeah, sure. Anyways, let's get into it. Uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review on our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later on, we'll play a game of <gasps> Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh boy, I'm so excited. I love Fuck, Mary Kill. Oh, oh man! This is—I can't believe it's taken us so long to play I know. this. It's so oh, simple. yay, David! I was, yay! I was racking my brain on what to do for this episode, and every idea I came up with, like after a couple minutes, was like that—that that could be offensive. Maybe that's a little too. Uh, I mean, I know my place. Look in in these in this world, and that there's some things that. Uh, would be considered in very bad taste, even though you know it's done with humor. Look, or when people when people stop when people stop making fun of you, that's how you know you're on you're on thin ice. Uh, right. If if you're if you're getting a good ribbing all the time, that's how you know people like you. So mm, is it though? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that holds true. I think it holds true. I think if if you walk into a room and everybody goes quiet. That's a lot worse than if you walk into the room and goes, ah, look at this fucker, ah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's better if people are... Well, there's a difference between getting made fun of to your face and behind your back. 
I mean, definitely. That's not how I entered it, but I can see we've touched a nerve. So, well, what 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 was your what uh, was your premise? Yeah, if the room goes silent uh, when you enter it, that's bad. If people aren't saying anything to you, that's much worse than if they're you know giving you if they're jabbing you if they're taking shots at you right. if they're taking shots at you. That I mean, you know, as long as they're not terrible, sure. Um, but I, how many rooms have you walked into and been like, "Fuck you, Bryce, get the fuck out!" Like that's the uh, that's the <laughs> obviously well, also anyways. bad. Anyways, let's um, get into it. So, again, in honor of Pride Month, we watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, and it brings a whole new meaning to Scream Queen. Let's play the trailer. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. He is not patient. And he is not a welcome visitor. No! 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 But he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block. It started to happen again. Dad! I'm in trouble. You've had some scary dreams, okay? Help! Daddy can't help you now. There's something inside him. is back on Elm Street. Get out of here, Lisa! Fight him! Watch out for him. We'll be in your neighborhood soon. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 2. You are all my children now. Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> you know, I just realized that They've wasted an opportunity for a title of these movies. Has there ever been an another Nightmare on Elm Street? Ooh. No, there has not. It's always a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Why not another? That should have been the title. Another Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, you're good. that's a good point. Anyways, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, can be found streaming on HBO Max and LGBTQIA+. <laughs> um, which is a streaming platform that everyone's talking about this month, and I've... I don't. What's IA? Uh, intersex and ally slash asexual. Oh, okay. So now I'm part of it because I'm an ally. Now I'm LGBTQIA yeah. plus. So yeah. now everybody's in on this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Seems okay. Go on. Um. So Freddie's back for revenge, and he doesn't give a fuck if you're dreaming or not. A total, a totally straight man named Jesse, with the scream of Ned Flanders, is haunted by nightmares <laughs> of a scarred and razor-clawed monster man named Freddy Krueger. He, fi- <laughs> <laughs> with the scream of Ned Flanders, killed me. Ah! I love purple drapes. Uh, he finds out from his gym bro. That the house he lives in was once inhabited by a young girl named Nancy, driven crazy by the death of her boyfriend across the street. Jess discovers Nancy's journal while cleaning his room and finds out that she was tormented by the same nightmares. Freddy Krueger in this film isn't out to kill the protagonist. He seeks to possess his body and carry out his murders in reality. 
Oh, my mind is blown. What? Nothing. That's just oh, a mind, that's that's just just a mind blowing thing. Yeah. Okay. This film has a reputation as a huge disappointment to fans of the original and has a, a long history of getting shit on. I don't see the drop in quality as being that big. No. Um, in fact, having just just kind of watched the whole series, there's not really... I mean, there's just little incremental drops off, drop-offs in quality mm-hmm. throughout the series. Like, pretty, pretty consistent. In fact, the only thing I would accuse the entire series of is... Um, it's kind of just a lot of the same, mm-hmm. you know, like really like it just feels like one big long movie. I can't remember where three stops and where four starts and where five ends and where six, yeah. you know, I will say the sixth one, uh, the final nightmare, I think, though, definitely the weakest, but not by a wide margin. Um, and this this one, number two. I feel like is maybe the darkest version of Freddy I've seen mm. and has definitely the coolest, um, the coolest, uh, version of Freddy in terms of visual, like mm. Freddy is goopy and he's, um, he's, he's, you know, the eye in the mouth. It's just, it's a really dark feel um, that's similar to the first that the others kind of get goofier and goofier. And there is no levity with this, this Freddy in two. Right. Right. Um, So the reason for the dislike of this film is probably because it strays so far from the premise of the first movie. Freddy's unique selling point is that he can kill you in your dreams and that sleep is unavoidable in this film. That is barely touched on. The terror in this film is very personal to the protagonist as he witnesses Freddy take over his body and harm his friends around him. The homoerotic subtext might have been lost on a majority of general audiences in the 80s, and many of the scenes must have felt random if you didn't understand that Jesse's experience was an allegory for being a closeted gay teen. Uh, now, by closeted gay, you know, those gays. Um, now, 40 years later... It adds a new layer of interest, I mean, for me at least, especially when you view it in the context that it was released right at the beginning of the AIDS ap- epidemic. What was this, 85? 85. Yeah, because the first one was 84. And um, I think I looked it up, like, 85 was the year that Rock Hudson announced he had AIDS mm. and was the first, like, a couple months before the release of this movie was Ronald Reagan mentioning AIDS in a public address. So it was just barely like starting to get in the general public's understanding that it was a problem. Um, All of that aside, this movie has some great special effects. The scene with Jesse's where Freddy transformation is going to stick in my mind for a long time. Um, It's definitely not as tight as the original. At some points it looks like Freddy runs out of ideas of how to supernaturally and psychologically torture his victim and just resorts to kind of just chasing them around. (laughs) This, this is the other big criticism I have of this, of the, the series Uh is like, they really start grasping towards Uh the later movies. It's like, but in this one, there's a moment. I love this moment. It's, low-key my favorite moment in the entire series Mm. where he's like 
he's like standing near the girlfriend or like across the hall from the girlfriend Mm -hmm. and he's looking at her and she's like ah and then it cuts back to him and he takes his hand and he pushes some plates off of a shelf (laughs) yeah that's right I I fucking died I was on the fucking floor because he was like yeah does that scare you how about if I fuck your china ha ha and she's like no <laughs> oh, not my China. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the acting in the film ranges from kind of bad to very good. Yeah. Mark Patton, the lead, does a really convincing job at conveying torment, and his performance keeps getting better and better throughout the film. Uh, I think it deserves more love. It's not fantastic, but it's a very good follow up to the first film, in my opinion. Uh, I give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say that's I'd say that's a really fair review. I, I in terms of how this fits into the series, this is definitely uh, one of the better ones that yeah. that I can recall. I like New Nightmare decently. It's nothing fucking fabulous, and uh, you know, Dream Warriors Three, mm-hmm. I think, was okay. Uh, but uh, the first one is. Heads and tails above the rest. Mm. That being said, I do enjoy this really dark, non-comical Freddy Krueger, and his character design in this one is spot on. It's, yeah. it's the perfect... This is the best version of Freddy for me, um, in terms of just just aesthetics, the way he looks. It's very creepy. Uh, and uh, and he has no levity at all. He doesn't. He's not. I'm back, bitch. <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. Okay. And it's relentless. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, I, the gay subtext is largely lost on me. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of spots where you can go. Well, we'll we'll talk about it more in the spoilers. Where you go, that's sexual, or that's a man being hypersexual. Mm. How rare. Uh, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I don't see the necessary necessarily the the big gay hubbub uh, so much, uh, but if if the gay community is able to derive meaning out of this that I don't see, great. I I want to be included on in on it from a critical uh, viewpoint. So help me. Right. Uh, okay. Well, before we get into spoilers, let's talk about our sponsor, NightChannels.com. They have some of the coolest. One-off shirts that you can find anywhere. Um, they specialize in horror movies and metal and occult shirts. Um, it's not going to be stuff you can find at Hot Topic. It's going to be really obscure references that only the biggest horror fans are going to want to wear on their body. So really, the best thing you can do is just go to nightchannels.com and browse. You're going to find stuff. I mean, it's not all obscure. It's it's gonna there's gonna be some you know some bangers in there. They've got alien shirts. They've got Hellraiser, the thing. Yeah, they got Akira. They got they 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 got a uh, an eight bit Friday the Mm Thirteenth shirt that I love. It's really hard for me when I get on night channels to not to to be like right. No, you've spent enough money on shirts. You have too many. Goofy shirts, but yeah, I keep going back. They're very affordable. If you use our code HMT at checkout, you get 13% off your order. Um, so go there to nightchannels.com, 
and use that code HMT and get a little bit off. And you'll like the shirts and you'll support the show. Heck yeah. If you don't like hearing that commercial or the upcoming commercials, you should know that you don't have to listen to them. If you join our Patreon, you can get the ad-free version of the episode with early access as soon as we finish editing it. We'll we'll post it on Patreon without the ads, just so you know. That's right. Also, if you want to support the show, we have a horror movie talk shop on our website at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. We've got our logo tees and a bunch of stickers that you can buy. And David just asked on our Facebook group, like, what's their favorite way to support shows that shows you like. or creators and um, buying merch was number two. So for a long time, it was number one. Yeah. So that tells me a couple things uh, that tells me that <clears throat> maybe we need more shirts, <laughs> uh, but also maybe we need a, uh, a more expedited way to get shirts to our fans. Uh, but you know, discussions, thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, if you don't, if you don't have money and you can't support us, we totally understand. We appreciate that, and you can do so. You can support the show just by sharing, sharing it with your friends, sharing it on your social media feed. Um, you know, giving us a rating, all that stuff works really well, and we appreciate you. Check out our resident artist Dustin Goble. If you've seen the cover artwork for this episode that's all dustin uh, he's a professional artist who fucks hard he's an amazing guy we we love having him uh support the show with his with his talent um and all we can do in return well it's not all we can do in return but what we want to do in return consistently is send you guys over to his instagram profile at dgobel 0 um, that's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. And check out his work and consider uh, commissioning him to do artwork for you, which some of our fans have done to great result. Quick plug for, for Dustin real quick. Specifically, uh, you can check him out at a an event in the Columbus, Ohio area. If you're an Ohio motherfucker, there's a fucking ton of you people out there that listen to this show. I know it because you're always reaching out to us. Anyway, in Columbus, there's an event going on called Prince and Pints Volume 4. It happens August 14th. So mark your calendars. Dustin Goble is one of, I don't know, eight featured artists. So he's pretty prominently displayed in this. Uh, you guys can check it out and you can learn more about that by, just by visiting his Instagram at dgobel 0 on Instagram. So do that. Um, so, yeah, if you want to leave us a voicemail, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Yee. Spoilers. So, yeah, let's talk about the gay subtext, because that's like the headline for this movie. Yeah. What were the parts that you noticed? And we'll see if they're the ones that I did. So, I mean, there was plenty of uh, overt sexuality uh, in this show, shown by our protagonist. Um, Most notably was the dancing uh, in his bedroom Mm -hmm. with a cork. Uh, you know, shifting around as his dick. You know, he's got a. But he 
they got a fucking girlfriend. They make out and he gets blue balls, sure, but it's because Freddy's possessing him. Mm. Um, so that that threw a wrench in the whole work for me because I'm like, well, I mean, not saying that you can't be closeted gay and have a girlfriend. Plenty, uh, p- plenty of people uh, play it that way, and, uh, and I had friends that did that. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, I mean, it's believable in that regard, but also he's into her. You can you kind of tell he's into her. The obvious, the big obvious one was the coach mm. who, you know, frequented an S&M bar mm-hmm. um, and really enjoyed making young males uh, hit the showers, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know, making them sweat and then hit the showers. Um, he was he seemed like he had some gay subtext around him. Well, no, they they said that he was gay in the movie. Like Grady said that basically there was rumors that he went to this S and M club and that he liked little boys or pretty boys. Which is which is kind of a a fucking weird amount of shade to cast on the gay community, but I guess uh, on par for 1985, right? Uh, for mainstream media, mm-hmm. 1985, but. Um, I, I, I just didn't get a lot of the direct, like, people like, oh, it's so gay. Like, not not only is this, like, uh, like supposed to have a lot of gay subtext around it. This is widely regarded as the gayest horror movie mm-hmm. there is. Right. And Clive Barker exists. <laughs> you know, he is a gay right. horror writer right. uh, and um, and creator. So... I don't know. I guess uh, I guess to me, I just expected it a lot more gay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's some some places it's subtle. Sometimes it's like, ooh, wow. I mean, it's it's a lot easier to spot now than I'm sure it was in the '80s. Because yeah, you could you know kind of gloss over it as just saying like, ah, it's just a choice that they made. There's but, also a bit of a of a relationship, uh, like a little bit of an interest relationship going on between our protagonist and. His uh, his gym locker buddy, right? Um, but nothing's acted on ter- too terribly much there. Um, so I mean, there's there's a couple ones that I think you missed. So there was. Well, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I kind of caught him in the movie. I just expected it to be. I like my homosexuals flaming. Yeah, <laughs> to quote Homer. Um. So yeah, there's the ones you you mentioned. Um. The other one was was like Freddy caressing him with the with his claws. There was like there was a couple like really kind of sexual moments with Freddy, which isn't new for Freddy. I mean, he licked Nancy through a phone. Like he's that's and the subtext that he's a a, a sexual predator. Yeah, in a previous life is like kind of built into the character, but this time he's doing it to the male. Yeah, which adds another level to it so it's like in the 80s it's like likes to hang around those steamy power plants so with freddy is confirmed by with all those hot rods running through it you gotta lay out more pipe (laughs) and uh and then the other one which was like oh well that's funny if you're viewing this through the lens of of uh being closeted which is there's a scene where Jesse is like making out with his girlfriend, like the most sexual that they get yeah. in the movie. Yeah. He's like, they're going to fuck. They're dry humping for sure. And then he's like, wait, 
stop. And then he runs out of the room and runs into Grady's room and basically like jumps on top of him. He's like, Freddy's coming. It's happening again or something like that. And so it's this subtext of like, he just ran away from his girlfriend and like went to this guy and it was just the, uh, the, uh, what's it called? The implication. The blocking of the scene like showed like, you know, mm, there's, there's a little bit of subtext here, you know, just, and like the, the clothing and, uh, what's happening at the time. And, and the guy's like, why are you in my bedroom? <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay, I see what you're going for here. Um, but then overall, like the, the concept of Freddie, the personification of evil possessing, you know, Jesse and him trying to repress it or like mm. keep it from happening. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to speak for anyone that's, that's gay, but I've, I had a, a really close gay friend that grew up with me in the, in the Mormon church and they're historically and currently not super friendly with the gays, even though they say they are. Um, it's, it's like a thing where, did he run into your room and if tell you, you Freddie was possessing him? Uh, no. Um, just gave me a lot of back massages. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, we were good friends. Um, and I had no idea, like no clue whatsoever. My friends probably knew because I think they called, they called me, uh, they called me and him like aunt, aunt Steven and uncle Bryce or something like that. Cause we hung out a lot. There were, there was, they knew like they had inklings of it oh, and okay. I just didn't see it at all. Yeah. Um, they didn't tell me that they called us that, but, uh, <laughs> well, how is your gaydar by the way? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good because I, I mean, I have a long history in the choral arts, which is, you definitely know a lot of gay people when you're, when you're around lots of musicians, creative, and vocal, generally speaking, you know, Broadway artists and, and stuff like that. You know, I think my gaydar is pretty good until I talk to one of my gay friends and they're yeah. like, you don't know shit. We're like, really? And they're prove it. And that they fucking prove it. They're like, right. Oh, watch this. It's like, Oh <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the idea of like, so being a, a gay teen mm. in the Mormon church, basically Dude, you're, you're taught, like you're taught the- everything about like, this is the purpose of life is to, have a family with kids, um, a man and a woman, be sealed for time and eternity, and that's how that's basically the highest level of heaven and how you're connected with God throughout eternity. If you're a new listener, Bryce is an ex Mormon, yeah. so he, he grew up Mormon. And if you if you're gay, that is just a horrible there's no leeway given at yeah. all in terms of like relationships or or love or commitment it's like no the, the the stock phrase which i don't think is unique to the church but uh to our, to the mormon church is like we love the, everyone the gays we love the people we hate the sin so as long as you're 
gay, just never, ever act on it, ever. I definitely knew uh, some... uh, at least two closeted gays in high school who were mm-hmm. Mormon specifically, right. specifically. And they were tortured. You could, yeah, you could tell. And I think one of them, and I may be speaking out of turn. I think one of them has, has a full family now, yeah. you know, like, and it's, it's one of those things, not that a gay family. You will go that if you're in that situation, like you're taught that what your your natural inclination is wrong and that what it is is it's Satan trying to take over you and and uh what an evil control thing to you. do to a kid. Yeah, it's uh wasn't this one of the points like one of the main points why you guys ended up leaving the church? Yeah, there was a, a couple of years ago, just a second. I'm trying to be more polite. Um That's not very nice of you. Um couple years ago there was this um policy change um it was in november it's called the november policy but it basically codified that if you were well uh, there's a lot of subtleties that that's going to be lost in people but the long and short of it is it was this policy change that if there was a child in whose parents were in a committed gay relationship, like were married and right. gay, that that child would not be able to be baptized until they reached adulthood. And So they're doing this child a huge favor, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's how they see it. Pretty much anyway. Um, Dude, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Like, just... I mean, that was the, that was the point where I was like... What would Jesus say about this shit? <laughs> exactly. I'm like... Is this something that Jesus would do? Like, do you, he was like around whores and Whoa. like people that were the dregs of society, and everyone was like, eh, "You're around a lot of dirty people, Jesus. Couldn't we just, you know, be around regular people?" Whore, whore, and he specifically taught to them and like showed compassion and healed them. It's almost like we were missing the whole point. Yeah. So that was that was a real turning point for for me to where I was, you know, I had problems and I had doubts and stuff. And I was like, eh, I don't really believe it, but I'll like I want to believe kind of thing and I want to keep doing it, but I'm pretty checked out. And then when that policy came out, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. But even then, it still took me a while. I mean, it has a really strong hold. So if you're in a position where you're told like a very natural thing that everyone's going to do and everyone f- is compelled to experience that it's evil and that you have to stop that from happening with all your mental and physical power, it's horrifying. Like it's it's an unwinnable battle. And right. so that's like really where the subtext of Freddie being in him. So it's it's like the subtext is not a gay-friendly subtext because basically what it's saying is like, yes, being gay is evil. And, you know, you're it's something that you don't choose. All your worst fears confirmed. Or, yeah, it's that you are, you know, you're controlled by it and you have no, you know, no choice by it and it makes you evil. 
So I don't know. I thought from that perspective, it was really interesting. I'm not, I, I watched that documentary about, um, the guy that played Jesse and kind of his struggles with the movie over the years. And he's still pretty bitter about how he was treated. Um, and kind of the gaslighting that the writer director would have that they're like, no, there's no, there was no gay subtext in this. This, that didn't mean anything. It was just, we just wrote it as a, as a normal horror movie. And then decades later now, like the writer's like, well, yeah, obviously there was gay subtext in it. And I can't remember if the writer was actually gay himself or not. But if not, then that's also kind of problematic of like, okay, you're speaking for someone else's experience. But it's to me, it's really interesting. It adds a level to it, and it's like um, adds a deeper level of analysis it definitely, for me. It definitely forced my attention much more. I was like, right. so here we go. Finally going to sit down and watch the, in italics, gay horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, here it is. Um so, uh, yeah, it, it worked in favor of my attention anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a gay viewer of this, like, you're probably going to get more out of it than someone that's not. Yeah. Especially if you're experiencing it in the 80s or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that documentary um, called Scream Queen is on Shudder um, and maybe somewhere else, too. I think it might be on HBO Max. But... That's definitely a good documentary. Really interesting. Really, like, um, this lead actor, like, really had, like, a depressing experience in the 80s. Like, just the the whole thing of, like, losing basically everyone he knew to AIDS and, like, experiencing the worst, you know, of the tip of the spear of prejudice, you know, at the most important important time in your life and then all of a sudden like oh well now it's accepted but you're still coping with the trauma yeah of it and he obviously was still coping with the trauma and wanted you know apologies and and stuff like that and and it just kind of it was sad yeah that's too bad um and i think it's it's good news and you know kind of bittersweet that now like we look back on those times, even though I lived through them, I was like, oh, wow. People just really hated gay people, like literally just like looked at them as evil people that should not exist. Like yeah. We're, was, it's like this different level than racism. It's not just like, oh, we consider you inferior people. It's like we consider you people that just shouldn't exist like that shouldn't exist at all like we don't want to acknowledge you Mm. and if it is acknowledged like that's like that's scary to people you know yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of feelings wrapped up in confusion or um yeah just just the unknown right yeah. anytime anytime people are keyed in on shit they don't know and well that, yeah and find- just the fact that like being gay was equated with being a predator where yeah. it's like oh if you come across yeah. a gay man be there's, careful there's a lot of that gonna- in this movie which is like you know i mean first of all the coach and second right. of all freddie <laughs> we right. have two 
suppose like there's some shade cast, you know, and it's not yeah. light. I mean, the coach, the coach role, like for that was the most overt like reference to homosexuality. But then his death was like very like steamy, steamy. Like he gets he gets murdered by being whipped in like towel whipped in the ass to death, and then and then like you know maimed by Freddy, but preceded by. The worst locker room tower fight since Billy D- Driscoll. Well, don't forget all the balls that came flying at his face. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we got a five-minute-long sequence of just literally balls just flying at this man's face. I was like, and during this sequence, I was like, "This is this is the silliest way for a man to die is <laughs> to have a bunch of basketballs thrown in his face." Yeah, that. Um. Since we're talking about it, like that is the part that that drew me out of the movie so much was like so, and I don't even remember how Jesse got to the S and M club. What the circumstances were? He's basically uh, woke up in the night, and he was maybe like it's it seemed like he oh could yeah he was been like sleepwalking. Oh, perhaps? that's right. He was like compelled or yeah. yes, sleepwalking and just goes to the S M club, which is another like okay yeah uh, yeah so. His coach catches him at this club and takes him to the high school and makes him run and take a shower. And I'm like, what world is this where your coach outside of school has unlimited rain over can, your life in the middle of the night can be like, you're coming with me. We're going to we're going to run laps. Gonna take a shower in front of me. It's like Jesus Christ. Like uh no, I'm good. You can tell my parents that I was drinking, but I ain't going back to the gym for you. Yeah. It sounds kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like there's subtext there. Um so this is the second movie from the two that we're reviewing this recording session mm-hmm. that confirms one of the longest arguments we've had which is what is the scariest natural last one was what would win what's the better weapon a bat or a oh, spear we're back to the sinkholes are the, we and now <laughs> the opening of this movie look at you features, struggling str- I, love to, I like to see features the scariest natural disaster known to man which is sinkholes yeah. there was a sinkhole in this movie I can't even remember it. It was so I was so unfazed by it was how terrifying. Non, how non scary it the was. The opening sequence where they're on the bus and it drives out into the desert and all of a sudden oh. the earth opens up to swallow the bus. Yeah. Like a fault line, like a big earthquake came and like like caused a big earthquake and then like No, there was no earthquake. It was literally just the earth opening up to swallow them. Mm. Yeah. Like how terrifying is that? Well, I got to tell you, it's pretty scary. I'll give you geology-based um, geology based natural disasters. Definitely, definitely very scary. I agree with you on that. The only thing that's more scary than a sinkhole is a massive a geology-based um, natural disaster known as an earthquake. Yeah, but if you're out in the desert in a bus, you, that wouldn't be scary. What's not scary? An earthquake. Oh, yes, no, under very specific circumstances where you're one, where you're in a very small mm-hmm. area, 
Um, yeah, there's yes, I will. I will grant you this under under ver- a lot of very strenuous pretenses. Yeah, the uh, the sinkhole will yeah. will be scarier in the unnatural event that you're way out in the middle of the desert in a bus in a sinkhole. I can strike anywhere, David. Mm. Uh, and yet, you'd be it driving doesn't... driving around the middle of the freeway, and all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of weird. Hell gapes open after you. Mexico seems to have an awful lot of sinkholes that just pop up on the news all the time. Yeah. Like if sinkholes are your thing that you're scared of, steer clear of Mexico. But you're pretty pretty okay in Kansas, you know? Yeah, I think Mexico like has a ton of natural occurring sinkholes. Are there unnatural sinkholes? There's there's man-made sinkholes. Like you can create sinkholes just by running water underground. Mm-hmm. For too long, you know, and it fills up like a reservoir, and then ah. when the water goes away, so like broken pipes and stuff can create sinkholes. But then there's like the natural occurring ones, which you know can happen anywhere. Nightmare it's on Elm Street too. Um, so yeah, this uh, this movie kind of departs from the whole dream sleep thing, which is a weird choice to make, but I respect it, and it adds like another level because. It, I feel at least they're like branching out and trying to be more creative than just a dream broiler boiler room. Yeah. You know, like, Oh, let's go to the eternal pipe room. You're saying that because Freddie is trying to present, possess young Jesse, um, and, and use his body to in the corporeal form or in the uh, physical form, <coughs> his attempts to get into the real world through the dream world are, See, well, I, I mean, even, I even Freddy to... is torn. I mean, there's no like. You have to accept that that Jesse can just be sleepwalking at any time, like because he's walking through the house and he goes down into the basement where the boiler is, and then Freddy just appears to him. Like yeah. his his glove appears in the fireplace and he's appears to him and he torments him in real life. He's yeah. not he's not sleeping. That's true. And it then, didn't bother me so much. I, I mean, I guess because I've seen so many of the other movies that right. are just like the rules or whatever. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's one of these things where it's like, ah. um, well, of again, the Ned Flanders scream. That is, <laughs> it is striking. It is very striking. The first like introduction you have to Jesse is kind of hearing his scream from a distance, and it's. V- it's very high pitched, right? I'm not gonna say feminine, but definitely not a scream that you would expect from a man. I don't have the clip of Jesse actually screaming, but I do have a clip for reference. Mm-hmm. <coughs> purple drapes. All my life, I've wanted purple drapes. <coughs> <laughs> so Ned, Ned Flanders, there for you, folks. So it was. It was to the point where it was kind of distracting. It was like really that's really and um it all kind of worked out towards the gay subtext didn't it yeah it really did (laughs) um and it's little things like that that i could see bothering people because that's like the first thing where it's like (laughs) some deeply some archie bunker motherfucking you're wanting deeply homophobic person just sitting there trying to enjoy freddy too and being like the fuck is he screaming well, it, so it, high it is kind of funny though oh it's like it's hugely funny yeah. it's like your first introduction like if you're a, an audience member sitting expecting the sequel to the 
you know, instant classic that was a nightmare on Film Street. Nightmares. A nightmare Free on plugs. Elm Street. We're giving them away, folks. <laughs> um, I always think nightmare on Film Street now, whenever I think Elm Street. Um, nightmare on Elm Street. And you go, and like your first thing is like, from your male protagonist, it's it draws you out, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what? It's one of those things where it's so distracting that it would it makes you think instantly, oh, this is a bad movie. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like when you see just a real shitty effect or a real, like, terrible line or line delivery, you're like, oh, this must be a bad movie. And then the movie has to earn your respect again. Yeah. Like, to counteract it. And I just wonder how much... How many Archie Bunkers there were going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um... So yeah, I love the the cereal, the Fu Manchus. That was a nice yeah. That was a nice bit where it just had you know super racist Fu, Fu Manchu cereal, and then she was like getting the toy inside, which was these long Fu Manchu nails. Yeah, no, they were like, like Freddy's. Yeah, they were like long finger extenders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and that actually prompted my wife to say, "Toys don't come in cereal anymore, do they?" No. What the fuck they is don't. that? They barely come in Happy Meals. Yeah, yeah, and you got it. And the, n- n- now, they with the Happy Meal thing, they're so concerned about like, which I actually appreciate. They're like, "Do you want two of the same? Because otherwise, there's going to be fights in your car." <laughs> right. It's like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So then we go. Um. After we're introduced to Jesse, we see him go play baseball at high school and he he gets tormented by Grady. Grady is like this weird relationship where he seems like like they set it up to be his rival and then he's also like his best friend up, I guess. He's such a bro. Grady's yeah. like this 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 archetypal bro. Right. Like He's good looking. He's tan. He doesn't care too much, but he cares a lot about sports. You know, mm-hmm. the things he doesn't care about, you could, you could, you know, you could fill a goddamn Olympic sized swimming pool with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the things he does care about, sports. You know, and, and saying bro in the locker room. And so he pants Jesse, and you get to see Jesse's ass, which the girls comment. They're like, Ooh, "Nice ass." Mm, I like the new, which kids. I appreciate as well. I mean, he did have a nice ass. He certainly did. Credit where credit is due. Um. I think we talked about oh the other the other um kind of subtext the part where he's in class and the snake is slithering all over him. And there's a little bit of symbolism behind snakes. Yes. Um and I love the fact that like eighties teachers are such giant assholes <laughs> that they'll get mad at Jesse for being attacked by a loose snake. Get your hands off of my snake. <laughs> but it's like, obviously, you didn't see him walking open. And like, you're careless and you let your giant boa constrictor out in the classroom. Yeah, he's roaming free. <sighs> yeah. Oh, oh, I wonder. I, I bet you I bet you people have compared the snake to Satan. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. What? I mean, there's. A, I mean, the symbolism behind a snake is like. Yeah, there's the 
Satan in the Garden of Eden, but there's also like, you know, you got a big old dick, you got a big old snake. You don't just get to like, just take the intelligent thing I say and just tack on like you, like it was your idea, Bryce. Okay. Uh, no, I'm glad that you brought it up. I've Oh, thank you. Thank you. Now we can move on. <laughs> I was agreeing with you. Okay. Well, oh, I can't agree with you now? <laughs> oh, I can't sneeze? <laughs> um... Let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I see. Actually, I see here in your notes. I actually stole your idea without knowing it. So that it was really more your idea. What the snake thing? The snake the snake symbol. You wrote snake symbolism down. Yeah, I said that before you said your thing. No, I didn't hear you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy. Thinking no, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I was too busy thinking about all the snake symbolism in the movie. <laughs> Fun. This is what it's like. We have fun. Okay, so <laughs> the dancing, pop gun dancing, I yeah, love it. The dancing is iconic. Like it's very They the the one thing I do like about this movie is the effort that goes into the musical score to be an authentic 80s musical soundtrack that like rips off real 80s songs. It's like not that's not quite the song that it is supposed to be, but you know which Tina Turner song right. they're singing. You right, know? right. It's like, oh, 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 I know what they're going for here. And he's, he's dancing around with his pop gun dick. And then as soon as the door opens with his mom and his girlfriend, he's like, patow, pop goes the weasel. And like, everybody's kind of like, <laughs> there goes Jesse with his big old donger. <laughs> okay. Um, and then popping off. Okay, so my absolute favorite scene in this whole movie. I mean, we'll share our favorite scenes. You go first. Like my favorite scene was the transformation where um Freddy it's basically like a a werewolf scene. Yeah. That his the that was a good one. The claws come out of the tips, tips of his of fingers his like, and like his whole arms kind of explodes into like the sweatered arm of Freddy. And then, like, it's very, like, from, you know, you know, a society where you see Freddy's head through his chest, like, pushing out. Yeah. And he comes, like, through his fucking thorax. Yeah. To get at his, 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 his buddy friend. Right. Um, And he kills him. Yeah. Kills him real good. Like, it's a real horrifying scene. Like, it's Jesus. Like, it's pretty impressive. And you expect, like, well, I guess we're not going to see Jesse again. (laughs) But it's pretty impressive that um, that Jesse never gets any of this pinned on him. You know, he's able to evade the capture uh, pretty consistently. And to add to, you know, your trans this this does a lot of great werewolfish sort Mm -hmm. of transformations and and reformations. So like at the end, when Freddy gets burned alive uh, in the boiler room for, you know, presumably the second or third time, um, he then Jesse is within him, like all crusted over, uh-huh. like he's like pulling the crust of, of right. Freddie off of him and like retransformed. That's a great right. one too. My literally the scene I will never forget in this is Freddy Krueger standing in the hallway and knocking. The <laughs> I am so in love uh. with 
because he's done all this fucking horrible shit and he's chasing her and she's like, ah, and then it pans back to him or it doesn't pan, it just flash cuts back to him and, uh, and he's standing there and he's like, yeah, is that scary? Yeah. And he just reaches over and pushes some plates onto the floor. I was like, Freddy is a representati- representation of the ultimate evil, which is a common house cat. A common house cat. <laughs> Tossing shit off of counters and bullshit. It was so great. But I also... <clears throat> I also really enjoyed the ending 15, 20 minutes of this whole thing. In, yeah. in the... Uh, normally, in, in the... In the Nightmare on Elm Street series, I check out as soon as they hit the boiler rooms. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, fucking, this is nothing. This is nothing. It's done so well in this one. Like, they have these big, impressive, like, panorama shots shot from helicopters. They have, like, for some reason, the, the, the power plant is back up and running, and it's kind of got a bunch of eerie, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's got, it's, got a real vibe going and it works Mm -hmm. in this one it really does work um so i really enjoyed the ending sequence of this one but i will say i was pretty bored um for this seemed to be a two-act movie what do you think that's fair it seemed like there's the start and then there's the last half hour when you know at the 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 really kicks off at the pool party um well i mean but I can still three, see three acts. Like oh, can you? He's, I mean, the introduction and kind of like before everything really starts happening. And then the second act would be like when he starts getting taken over by Freddy Krueger and trying to like okay. save it. It felt, and it then, felt pretty similar to me, but I'll. And know. then like in the end, like, yeah, it's just a difference of like. um, The first 10 minutes. I like guess. amplitude, you know, yeah. they just turn it up slowly over time. Um, so the one thing that was kind of like, huh, that's kind of a weird choice, but, um, so Freddie finally takes over Jesse, you know, and after he knocks off the, the plate from the counter, what he does is proceed to attack this pool party and just kind of chase teenagers around. I'll spill like, your beer, damn it. He's like playing the world's scariest game of tag. Yeah, and they backyard. all they all hang out. Yeah, and they're all like just kind of huddled in a corner. They're like, like, yeah, but the pool party's still going on. I'm not leaving this thing. Yeah, Linda's about to take off her top. Right. Um. So that was like, huh? That doesn't. It just doesn't. Freddie doesn't work good in a group scene. I feel like it's it's better if he's attacking one person at a time. I I'll say you know I I enjoyed it, but for a different reason. Not maybe because of how the um you know, how well the spooks landed, but I really, I can't, I can't say this enough. The, the way Freddie looked in this was perfect and so much more impressive than the, than the later ones. Like, um, you know, Jason, Jason always has a different mask, but Freddie varies wildly in makeup really? from movie to movie. Oh yeah. Big time. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and this one is, the, the, tops them all in my opinion it's hmm. much less robert england much more right makeup yeah and uh yeah it gets much more mask. robert england later yes like it's robert england with like a little bit of stuff you know glued to his face right yeah um so how this ends is 
um, his girlfriend burns Freddy alive and he, Jesse reemerges. And I just love the fact that he's not released until he's not released from Freddy's control until he's flaming. <laughs> fair, fair, a uh, little goofy, a little corny, but you know, it's kitsch, which we allow here. Um, okay. So who would you re- recommend Nightmare on Elm Street? This is, this is, I would say, the, this is one of the better, um, one of the better um, sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, And really, you know, they, Freddy is one of the best villains, and this is probably the best, one of the best versions of Freddy. And, you know, come to think of it, you know, after discussing it with you a little bit and, uh, and, and approaching this from a place of a little bit of confusion of like, is this really that gay? Um, or like, uh, yeah, around that area of confusion. I, I'll say now I kind of see it, as, see more of the struggle, you know, more mm. of the yeah. uh, dealing with, you know, ha- keeping something secret, you know, right. having to, you have a secret and you can only tell certain people who you trust about it. And in this case, it's Freddie's inhabiting your, mm-hmm. your, your, your dick. And, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. so I, I get it. Like, I get it a little bit more. And I don't know if, if that's, if you can relate to having to keep a secret, um, you know, whether, whether you're gay or straight or whatever, um, then this is, you're going to feel some amount of, yeah. Empathy. Empathy with this. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to our game. We're going to play a couple rounds of, Fuck Mary Kill. Oh boy. I'm so excited. I um this is a very special horror round of Fuck Mary Kill. Did you say horror? No, I said Fuck Mary Kill. You said horror. Um okay, so round I don't know how we should should we just answer it each ourselves? Yeah, it's not really a game. It's more of a <laughs> exercise and attraction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so round 1. Personal taste. Round 1. Is Ash Williams, Ash Catchem, from Evil Dead, <laughs> Hannibal Lecter, and Candyman. See, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, I mean, Ash. Okay. So I'll tell you the way I play. Everybody plays this game different. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. one of those games where everybody's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not how you... I'll tell you how I play it. And if you don't like it, then you can play it the way you play it and leave me alone. Mm-hmm. The person you fuck, you fuck. The person you marry, you fuck and you're married to them. Right. For the rest of your life. Right. So it's, it's all. You can fuck them as you know, much as you can convince them to. Well, yeah. I mean, they're legally obligated to. <laughs> um, Honey... I have this punch card. The state says we need to have sex. Um, uh, okay, I, I undeniably Ash is my type, mm. so I'm going marry Ash. Okay, I'm not into old, so I'm gonna say kill Hannibal Lecter. He seems also like perhaps the most reprehensible. Mm. Um, and then I'll go uh, fuck Candyman. 
So why fuck Candyman? Um, I don't have any strong energy necessarily around Candyman. Hmm. Um, he's he's a fine looking man though, and he's not old. Hmm. So I'll fuck him and kill. Um, that's what most of these games end up being. There's one sure, super yeah. undesirable person who you just you don't vibe with. Right, right. And so they you kill. You kill them every time. Right. And for me, that's. I thought you. I mean, you said that Hannibal Lecter was reprehensible. I thought you'd want to fuck Candyman. Or wait, you did. Yeah, I'm fucking Candyman you, and killing, you're killing Hannibal. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, I would go. Yeah, I feel like I work backwards. I, I start with Mary. Oh, okay. like, who, who could I live a life with? <laughs> this is so gay. Go on. Um, and I got to go with Hannibal Lecter. Like, you could live a life with Hannibal Lecter? He's super intelligent, cultured, have great conversations. He's guaranteed to eat you. He's not guaranteed. I'm as, I'm... Well, if he eats people, he definitely eats ass. Exactly. Mm. So I see where you could experience that. All right. And he's, you know, he's he's got he's older, so he's got experience. Mm -hmm. You know, he's probably he's probably doesn't shy away from much. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you got a lot to offer in that regard. Right. (laughs) Terrifying. Um, And it's real close with fuck. Like I, I mean Ash Williams and Candyman. I mean they're both. Just so attractive. You do run. Uh, you do run the the danger of being uh, being called racist here by me. I'm going to call you. Yeah, racist. Yeah, I mean, no matter what you choose, really. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Ash does that much for me. Like, I feel like I'd want to experience Candyman, so I'd I'd fuck Candyman and kill Ash. Something about the name, you know. Candyman. I know. It's like, yeah, I had sex with the Candyman. Right. Yeah, yeah that's hey. good. Yeah, that's another imp- another thing you think about when when you fuck someone. It's like, well, who can I talk about that I fuck? Plus, he's got he's lost that hand, so all kinds of attachments optional, mm-hmm. optional yeah. attachments. Maybe not the hook, right? Yeah, let's leave the hook away. Um, okay, okay, and you just can do some stump play, you know. Um, okay, oh. round two. <laughs> round two. Ew, no, David. This is the classic monster round. We've got Dracula. Frankenstein's monster and Gilman from Creature of the Black Lagoon. Gilman. Okay. Dracula. Dracula, I would. Yeah, I'm, I'm working the way you work now. Which uh-huh. is ma- I'm marrying Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's cultured. He's got so much more than even. Uh, Hannibal Lecter to talk about. I mean, this right. guy's got centuries worth of bullshit. He can offer me eternity. Mm. Um, and if he cares about me, you know, he won't, you know, he won't, he won't force it on me. But, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but that's so I'm marrying Dracula. I don't have anything in common with the Gill Man. Uh-huh. I feel like we're two separate species. Um, and furthermore, where would I put it? Like they, I would assume he has a cloaca. Or and I I don't want to get I don't want to get mm. some you know porpoise dick up in my bee hole. Okay, so I'm gonna kill uh, him and fuck Frankenstein's monster. Although the, the, when I say it that way, I don't like it as yeah. much. Yeah, I mean, Ugh. could you take Frankenstein's monster? That's the question. I'm assuming I get to choose what's happening here because I choose. Fuck Mary Kill, so I get to, right. like maybe I just 
Maybe I just do Frankenstein. Some of them you get to be top, some of them you get to be bottom, I guess. You don't get to determine that. That's between me and my sexual partner. <laughs> what about you? Do you think do you feel like Frankenstein's monster is a top or a bottom? I mean, I guess it depends who you are. If you're Frankenstein, then definitely a bottom. Hmm. Right? Because he's he created him. He created him and you're hmm. his master. But I don't know, I feel like he fucks people on the reg, you know. Right. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, okay, so I would agree with you. I'd go marry Dracula. He's charming. Yeah. Cultured. You can't beat him. He's rich. I mean, let's not let's not undersell that. Yeah. I mean, makes your life more comfortable. You can turn into a bat. Um, I finally get to learn where Transylvania is. Can finally get someone that could like stay up late at night with me, you know? Yeah. Not fall asleep. Um then Oh, but he can't take him in sunlight. I, that's true. Big downside. But I don't, I don't like going out. That that's the true. other thing. It's like, we stay in hey, there. let's go do stuff. I'm like, no, I'm kind of a homebody. I like staying inside. Both obsessed with death. Coffins. Right. Let's sleep in the coffin tonight. And then I disagree. I would fuck Gilman. Ugh. It's like, I don't know, slippery. Like, I feel like there's a lot of, like, slippery, slippery good fun, you know, there. I mean, I think that's what it would sound like. Like, specifically. I think everyone, at least once in their life, should have the experience of fucking a gill. Um, oh. That sounds so vile. <laughs> that's so... And then I'd kill Frankenstein's monster. Mostly because I just... I would feel so intimidated. I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't... Because I feel like Frankenstein's monster is a top. I don't think I could handle that. It would rip me in half. I mean, there's a couple of things that can happen there. You know, like, have you ever heard that song, Detachable Penis? Detachable mm-hmm, Penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Something. Something going on there. You know, it's, he's pieced together from parts. That's... He, uh, I did not think about that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah you, you could, could just, like, swap it out. Yeah, maybe. I don't huh. know. I don't know how it works. You slap it on the vagina on that thing. All of a sudden, it's a lot easier. I'm on to something. Um... Got some of that electricity in him too, you know. Yeah. yeah, you see that movie Frankenhooker? You, you feel that, you know, you, between you and Frankenstein, you feel that spark. Ooh. <laughs> All right, round three. Um, this is the only round with an actual female on it. Oh, okay. This is the doll round. So we got Chucky. We have Billy the, the doll round. We have the Billy the puppet from Saw, and we have Annabelle. Huh. Uh, Annabelle's a real limp fish, you know. She's yeah. one of those gals who's just gonna sit there and let you let you do it, right? And she's right, not gonna be right. a part of it, you know. And it's questionable as to whether or not she's actually like animate. Yeah, she's um, real distant. She's not really there or no. present. Yeah, no. It really didn't care for the second movie either. Mm-hmm. Uh, did like the first and the third. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say kill Annabelle. Um, I feel like Chucky really has a lot of abuse in him. You know, like Chucky's yeah. low-key, like the most terrifying of slasher villains because of how truly hateful and evil he is. He's right. a very douchey dickhead. Mm. So I guess I'd fuck him. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I'd marry the Jigsaw doll. What's his name? Jigsaw? Uh, Billy, Billy the Puppet. Billy the Puppet. 
Marion. Because, you know, then you probably get the, the marionette uh, guy who right who's working that marionette. Mm. So Two for the price of one. Right. Um, yeah, I think I'd kill Annabelle, too. Um, I don't know. It's real hard. This one's a hard round. It is a hard round. Um, I would not want to marry Billy because I feel like he'd just be playing practical jokes on me too much. That's like true. everything would be like, God damn it. I just need to get to work like those, like that video on You'd YouTube constantly waking yeah. up with traps on your head. <laughs> I want to play a game. Um, yeah, but I mean, we just, and then I guess marry Chucky, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't feel we, that great about it. We saw how that worked out on, on Bride of Chucky, uh, last month on our second Saturday watch party. We watch Bride of Chucky and... Um, you know, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to marry Annabelle because at least, like, okay, you know, I can I can live with someone that's, you know, not going to kill me. <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, it's there's no doubt that Annabelle won't be killing anybody. Yeah. You know. Because um, she is boring. Round four. Last round. Hmm. The most important round. We have... Jason, Michael Myers, oh, and Freddy Krueger. Oh, wow. How could you do this? You can't make me choose between the big three. Mm. Mm. I love Jason. Mm. I love him. He's There's something about him that's just simple, and it just mm-hmm. works. You know, they say love is effortless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I feel about Jason. So I'm going to have to marry Jason. Um, you know, Michael Myers just isn't that scary. Mm. Um, he's got arguably the worst sequels of, uh, of the three. Sure. Uh, I don't know that Freddie would be that interested in me. Hmm. And I can't really put a finger on why, um, but that makes it. And he's more of a like. I feel like he's a real dick. Mm. Um, so I feel like I wouldn't feel so bad making him fuck me. Mm. So I'd fuck Freddie, mm. and let's just kill Michael Myers because okay. Michael Myers is not going to be phased by me killing him. Right, he'll be back. I'm not. I'm right, not hurting right. him. That's true. I'm not That's hurting true. him at all. I mean, really, any one of them. Really, any one of them, the least so being Freddy. Freddy has the hardest time dealing with death. Yeah. Uh, Jason, who knows? And and Michael Myers, guaranteed coming back. Guaranteed. So I'm going to go pretty opposite you. I'm going to marry Freddy because he has a personality. Someone I can talk to, at least. Like, And I feel like... It's overrated. He is a very sexual being, so I feel like that would be... Like, that motor would be there throughout the marriage. You're way outside of his wheelhouse, though. I mean, yeah, but... I mean, obviously, if we're talking about Mary, there's an element of love there. You're still boyish. I mean, you don't look old. That's true. I'm not his type, but... Yeah. I mean, he's still... He's not just going after... When I look at you, I don't see someone who's almost 40. Exactly. I see, like, mid-20s. Right. So I'd marry Freddy Krueger. I would fuck Michael Myers and kill Jason. Why? What? Now expand on those two. Um, 
I mean, they're so close. But Jason really, really, really doesn't like sex. He kills like he obviously he has a thing against it. It's kind of oh, like yeah. a Puritan, you know. He's just like gets him real angry. So I don't. I don't feel like it'd be a. He has a lot of baggage around it, so I don't feel like it'd be a good experience. That's a real good point. I'm in for a the long haul being married to Jason. Yeah. Dang, didn't even think about. That. Sorry, bud. All right, that's fuck Mary Carol. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please do us a favor: share the podcast with a friend that you know likes horror movies, and if you can and have not yet. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, lots of different ways you can support the show. Go to HorrorMovieTalk.com to find out those ways. Special thanks to Dustin, as always. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. We love you. Happy Pride Month. Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted cast, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror Movie Talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rub. Send kiss, Bryce Hansen. Look at them hot kids, Chris Henson. Masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist. Face huggers, chest bursters, alien. Linda Blair peed on Sigourney Weaver. I know it's true, cause it came from social media. Patrick Bateman can't understand you. Stab you to death for rotten apple reviews. Opinionated podcaster with a doctorate. Spook allergy, doctor of philosophy. Bag gastritis, knee colostomy. Turn Patreons into human centipedes. David Doobie Day, scare no, no expert. A global fucks hard, professional sex expert. After pods, taglines, and porno flicks. American Psycho, them guys pretty sick. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pops done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave does it. Give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle. Machines tickle bitties. Killer on the phone. Ain't no sheriff's dough. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of poop monster kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shudder and jump scares. Ain't fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty, pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one 
Suck your fucking dick. I will do it. Just join my team. I'll suck your dick. You can fuck me or get fucked by me. You can watch me fuck something. Just point something in the room and I'll fuck it for you. Come on, just tell me what you want me to fuck. Jesus Christ, MacGruber. Just tell me what you want me to fuck.